share with you on the power of the church. As our sermon is true, this is the final day. I want you to understand very well what you're involved in, the power of the church. Jesus uh, had a natural body when he came first to the earth. He came with a natural body. Then he was killed, was crucified. He died with that natural body, but he resurrected with a spiritual body, right? He died with a natural body. He resurrected with a spiritual body. So these are two separate bodies that the Bible talks about. So in 1st chapter 15, you see Paul making his argument and talking about um, uh, that was it. Uh, that was not that which was um, spiritual first. He said, but that which was natural. So the natural body came, then it died, then it, it came with a spiritual body. But the Bible talks about a mystical body that Jesus has. All right. Jesus has a mystical body. Aside his spiritual body, there is a mystical body that Jesus has. Now, what is that mystical body? You're right. Uh, in one of the services, I, I think things that of Jesus Christ, I explained it. Jesus has a mystical body. And what's the essence of that body? What, what role that does, does that body play in the economy of the kingdom? So we'll look at um, Colossians chapter 1, right? Colossians chapter 1. We're looking at his mystical body. First, I'll start from verse 16. He's talking about Jesus. So, Jesus has, so, for by him were all things created, talking about Jesus, he said, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, all right, or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Hallelujah. That's beautiful. All things were created by him and for him. Anything that is not in the direction of Christ is defunct. All right, so verse 17, thank you. Verse 17, and he's before all things, and by him all things consist. That means all things are held together by Jesus. All things held together by Jesus. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body. He is the head of the body. This is his mystical body. He is the head of the body. So there is a body. And he's the head of that body. Then he qualifies that body. He explains what that body is. He says, and he's the head of the body. The church. The church is the body of Christ. Now, in, in what way? Because this, that's why it's a mystical thing. Because how do you say the church? Everybody here who belongs to Jesus, we are his body. How are we his body? Right? It's a mystical thing. All right. Now, first of all, I'll explain what the church is. Then we now see how it, we, we, we come into his body. All right. And when we come to his body, we have, the, we have to look at the organic body of Christ. Now, the church, the word church, all right. Um, like, for example, when someone, when we were all coming today, we said, I'm going to church. Right. And where did we get that language from? We got it from the Bible. But. That language is not really from the Bible. For example, today there are words in vogue. I'll give you an example. If um, soldiers were coming here, would say an army is up, we're approaching this building, right? We say an army, we're approaching this building. In some time, maybe the 1617s. If soldiers were approaching, they'll say the hosts were approaching the building. They will not say an army. So the word in vogue now for people who are going to fight in a large number is army. That's the word in vogue now. So at that time, all right, the word church was used for the building, but it was not supposed to be so. The word that was supposed to be used was chapel. But in the, in the uh, translation, of the Greek to the English, the word in vogue was church. So they used the word church for both what church really meant and also for the building where people went. So it was now known as what was supposed to be called chapel was now called church. So when someone says, I'm going to church, he's not thinking, I'm going to 
um, he's not thinking I'm going to at the building. He's thinking, uh, uh, no, today, when people say I'm going to church, they are thinking of going to the building, sorry. They are, they are thinking of going to the building. They are not thinking of what the word church actually means. Now, the word church is, comes from the word ecclesia. Ecclesia means called out ones, called out ones, people who are called out. All right? That means when we give our life to Christ, we became separate from the world and we became the church. So church, when we say the church, we're not talking about people who have sat in a place like this. Now we are in a chapel, but we are the church. So who is the church? The church is his body, and the body is the church. So go, uh, go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Ephesians 4, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So it says the head of this uh, person is Christ. Because Christ, Jesus, and the church is the person. So now he says the head is Christ. So verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto the defining of itself in love. Now, go to the NIV so I can break it down for you. Right? Because uh, body fitly joined together might confuse you a bit. So NIV says, from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So then, what is the, the body? The first thing we know about the body is that we all form the body. That means we all have a part in the body. So we together form that body. For example, you could be functioning in the body like a hand. You could be functioning the body like a leg. All right, so when it comes to the church, we all have, so it says, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. So every, every part, like for example, let me, let me use the movie as an example. That is an extension of the body. So those people acting there might think they are probably irrelevant to God, but they are not irrelevant to God. They are holding a certain part of the body. So some other person, so now this is it. The thing about the head and the body is that the body is responsible for the actions. The head is responsible for the initiations. So if you see a body that is moving without a signal from the brain, you detect sickness. Imagine that you, you don't know what's wrong with you. You're sitting down, your hand is moving. You are not moving your hand. Your hand starts moving. Immediately we take you to the hospital. All right? So, you know that the body is functioning well when signal from here, I shake my hand. Signal from here, I shake my hand. Signal from here, I shake my leg. Signal from here, I'm talking. Signal from there. So, the body was not meant to function on its own. It's supposed to function with the directives of the head. And if the head is functioning properly and there's no body, there will be no action. So, in the earth, maybe when we go to camp, I'll talk to you about divine anatomy. Everything, everything, not, nothing in the Bible is for fun. I'll give you an example. When, when the scripture said that God opened the Red Sea with a blast of his nostrils. All right? That's what the scripture said. You can spirit read as a blast of his nostrils. What he's telling you that God has a nose and there's nostrils and he can blow air from it. That's what he's telling you. He said from a blast of his nostrils. So there's divine anatomy. The hand of the Lord is not work short. That means God has a hand. The nostrils don't do what the hand does. You see, so in the Bible, you see all these in camp. I'll talk to you more about divine anatomy. Uh, the Bible talks about all these things in the Old Testament. But when it came to the New Testament, the church now became the hand of God. The church now became the legs of God. So, God walks into a place when a member of the body of Christ walks into a place. So, he's the head of the body, the church. So, the church has, be, has come into a very important place with God. 
The church. So the church is not a group of people who say that Jesus has taken away their sins. No. After we got born again, we became a sect. I need to understand that. Like a cult. You see, don't mind those people who are saying, ah, the church has become a cult. What do you think? Do you, do you, have you ever heard the word mysterion? The mystery. You, once there's a mystery, it means there's a sect. <laughs> you need to understand that. Once there's a mystery... That is why like, we are sect. What else? This afternoon we are taking communion. What else are we? We, 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 we have blood and... We, <laughs> yeah, that's what we are. We are a sect. We are called out people. We don't think like the others. People in a call don't think like everybody. They think everybody is, is... They don't know something. And here we are thinking some people outside don't know something. And that's why we go for so many. We are a sect. It's good you understand it quick. See, the body. We are his body. We are so important to his movements on earth. Psalm 110. Psalm 110. All right, it says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. All right? So, see this. No, verse 1 again. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down at my right hand, okay, anatomy. Sit down at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord said unto my Lord. What is he talking about? The Lord said unto my Lord. David was seeing something in the spirit he could not explain. He, God was talking to God. That's the meaning of this. God was talking to God. The Lord said unto my Lord. Sit down at my right Right hand until I make the enemies thy footstool. That means the enemies of God can only by, uh, be, be, be subdued at the foot. God does not subdue his enemies from his hand. He subdues them from his foot. So if his foot is not functional, his enemies are not subdued. So when the church becomes defunct, the enemy runs rampage doing everything he likes. But when the church stands in its place as the body, they can put Satan in his place. Okay, so let's look at Philippians chapter 1 from verse 1. So I'm trying to explain something to you. Philippians chapter 1 from verse 1. Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. All right? Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Verse 2. Grace be unto you and peace from the Lord, from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. To all the saints at Philippi. Okay. You understand it better. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, from verse 1 again. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and softness. Our brother. Verse 2. Unto the church of God. Now look at this. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Now, he's explaining. He says, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. So, he's explaining what the church is, all right? Now, he talks about the church in Corinth. Then he's explaining how did they become the church. Then he says, uh, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, that means separated from the world, right? Sanctified Christ is separated from the world, called to be saints, with all that in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. So all the people who call upon the name of Jesus Christ, they are those who are sanctified by Jesus Christ. They are those who are called to be saints, like us. We call on the name of Jesus Christ. When something happens, we pray and we say, in the name of Jesus. That shows that we are called to be saints. We are the church of Jesus Christ. Now Paul is writing this letter, not to everybody in Corinth. He said, unto the ecclesia of God, unto the ecclesia of God, which is at Corinth. Unto the ecclesia of God, which is at Corinth. To them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. So you see beautifully and clearly that God has called some people to be saints. And there's a church of God at Corinth. But there was something that a lot of people didn't know. What people thought was that the only thing that was happening there was, was that people were just to church of God in Corinth. I just showed you the saints of God in Philippi. 
But there was, there was a mystery over here as well. Now, go to Philemon chapter 1, verse 2. Philemon chapter 1, verse 2. He says, okay, let's start from verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. Verse 2. And to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. So there was a church of God in Corinth, and there was a church in the house. So let's say, for example, this is Accra. This, of course, there are different churches, but this is also a church of God in Accra. So, as we met this Sunday, this is the church of God in Accra. But your cell is the church in your house. Because there, was, there were churches in their houses which were functioning as the cells. And there was a church at Corinth where they met for the large congregation. But there was a church in their house. Romans chapter 16 verse 5. So you see, Aphia, Archippus had the church in their house. Let, uh, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Epinetus, who is the first fruit of Asia unto Christ. That means Epinetus was one of the first people to be born in Asia. So he said, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. So they had a church in their house. That means they had a cell. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Start from verse 17. I'm glad of the coming of Stephanas and Fortunatus and Achaicus, for that which was lacking on your parts, they have supplied. All right, verse 18. He says, For they have refreshed my spirit and yours, and therefore acknowledge them that are such. So, yeah, verse 19. The churches of Asia salute you. You see, the churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla. Salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Did you see that? There was the churches of Asia and there was the church that is in their house. So cell ministry is not an, our idea. It's not something we are trying to do. It's not something we are trying to make happen. The cell ministry has been existing from the very beginning. The church that is in their house. Remember I'm talking about the mystical body of Christ. In the Bible, let me just add this. In the Bible, you will never see Church of Christ. Because that's tautology. If you understand what I'm talking about, the head and the body, you should get this. You can't say Church of Christ. But you will see churches of Christ. Where the church is there is not talking about church like we are talking about the ecclesia. It's talking about chapel. But you see Church of God. That's correct. Why? Because the church, all right, the church is the duplication of Christ. He is the model. We are the duplicates. Are you getting it? Yes, All right. Five things. We're going to talk about five things. That this thing that Jesus brought us into, which is the church. Five advantages of the church. Five advantages of the church. There's something about gatherings. Let nobody lie to you. There's something about gatherings. There are some things that will never happen until we gather. There's some things will never happen until we meet. Even witches meet. So, someone says, oh, you know, you don't need to go to church. God is inside you. You are in church. You are right and you are wrong. You are right because, yes, you are the body of Christ. I was talking about the, the organic body and the mystical body. Now, in the organic body, in the organic body of Christ, you see... So this one is the hand, please sit. This one is the hand, this one is the leg. So, because he said everybody jointly fit together, all right? So we all come together to form the body. In the mystical body, even if I go out of the body, all right, and I go to a place alone and there's no other Christian, I am the body of Christ. You see? So there are some things that never happens. So I, I want to help you to understand the advantage of the church, the advantage of yourself. This is the last day of the cell ministry week. The advantage, there is an advantage of the cell ministry. So that some people think it is not so important. They, they'll go to church on Sunday. They'll join uh, on Wednesday. But they have to be in a cell. Remember, there was the churches in Asia, but there was the church in the house. All right, let's go there. Let's see 
what the Bible has to say about the advantages of the church. The first one is our corporate love. Our corporate love. All right? Um, one time Jesus Christ was preaching and he said, and, and while he was preaching, they said, oh, your mother and your father are here. Then he asked the question, he said, who is my mother and my father? He said, those people who are in front of me, he said, who are doing the will of my father? He said, they are my mother and my, my brothers. Why? Because when you are saved, when you are born again, the person you met in church, your fellow believer is your brother in Christ. When Jesus resurrected, he said, he said, I go to your father and my father. He never said that before. Before, he would be praying and say, my father, he would say, my father, my father, my father, my father. But when he resurrected, he said, I go to your father and my father. Why? Because when you get born again, you are of the same breed. So, I got born again. I'm of the same breed. You are the same breed. If I've even never met you before, and I met you in a bus, and I asked your name, and I realized you're a Christian, you are my brother. Because there's an advantage of that family. If you don't understand where that family comes in in your life, there are many things that you will not uh, benefit from. Because, number one, we have a corporate love we share. All right. Book of Romans. Okay. There's Romans, there's Colossians, there's Ephesians. Maybe let's look at Colossians, and let's look at Ephesians. Colossians verse, chapter 1 verse 4, because we have heard about your faith in Christ Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 verse 4. Since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and the love which you have for all the saints. You see, your faith in Jesus Christ, the next thing that should be known about you is your love for the saints. Many a time we talk about um, our love for the world. All right, Our love. We look at, they are not saved, they are not saved, they are not saved. And we could be feeling, oh, they are not saved. That, those are our bowels of mercy towards the world. But there is our, our love for the saints. Jesus Christ said one time, he said, he was talking to the Pharisees. He said, you Pharisees, he said, you traverse land and sea to make one proselyte. And when you make him, he said, you make him twice the son of hell like you are. Why? Because some people will go length and breadth to win a soul when they come into church, they mistreat them. Forgetting that the moment the person got born again, the person became my brother. He's my brother in Christ. You see, he's not, uh, my biological brother is not more real than that person's brotherhood. I need you to understand that. that. That brotherhood I have for that person who is a saint, that person who is born again, is as real as my biological tie. Is that real? So there's love for the saints. When you come to the house of God, you know, because some people think, oh, you know, you get the opportunity to be in church and you, you think you are better than somebody. We have a corporate love. There's something, there's something that happens when we, when we understand our family. This is our family. One time in the book of Acts, well, let's go to Acts chapter 9. Um, let's start, maybe I'll start from verse 3. Paul was knocked down by Jesus, all right? And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him uh, a light from heaven, verse 4. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Now, this is the point uh, 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 I, 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 that, that got my attention. Jesus didn't say, why are you persecuting my people? He said, why are you persecuting me? Why? Because anything you do to the church, you do to Jesus. Why? That's his body. So Jesus said, what persecutest thou me? Some people will give $100,000 for soul winning. Yet people have been warned, they've come to church, you look at the person anyhow. Because you don't understand the church. He's my brother. You are my brother. You are my brother. You are my sister. I remember some years ago, I was, I was, I was praying, all right? And you know, Pastor Lockhart, at that time, we were not seeing eye to eye. Because... That's years ago. We're not seeing why, because I had been sent to a territory he was already on. You understand? He was in Kumasi. I've been sent to Kumasi to go and do the work. Now I wanted to collaborate with him, but he was, you know, you see, now I'm making it look like it's his fault, right? But yeah, it was all of us our fault, you know. Now we're not collaborating. You know, this was thinking. This one was thinking. I'm, 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 this one is in my place. This one is in my. What are you coming to do? Why didn't you call me before coming? You know, everybody's trying to show that he's a boss. I have been sent here. I am here. You know, you know that kind of thing. I have been sent here. I have been here. You can't pass without me. You, 
You want me to help you? What are you saying? You know, I'm also unwilling to move. Ah! When I saw the way Pastor was behaving at that time, I came back to Accra. I came to start praying on his head. <laughs> I started praying on his head. And you know, most of the time, when you pray like that, when God wants to answer you, sometimes through a prophetic word, sometimes he speaks to you, sometimes a song. This time around, God chose a song. So I, I, was, pray, I was praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. All of a sudden, I was expecting a, 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 a Rema song like, uh, fire, 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 kill him now. <laughs> I was expecting that kind of fire. Then the Lord would tell me, Sam, don't worry, I will finish him for you. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. It's many years ago. As I prayed, as I prayed, oh, a song came out of my spirit. We are heirs of the Father. We are joint heirs with the Son. We are children of the kingdom. We are family. We are one. By the time I finish that song, we are family. We are one. I stopped the praying. I got to understand what God was trying to tell me. What was he trying to tell me? He's your brother. Why are you about to kill him? He's your brother. This may be about 10 years ago. 10 years on. Pastor Walker has become a very important brother in the work. You see. So that person you're despising in church because of your current status, you know what is about to happen in his life? You know how important he will be to you in the coming years? You just don't know. There are some people you will be best friends with, you just don't know now. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Remember, you'll be best friends, we just don't know now. But you can be myopic. Can be myopic and think, oh, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Where we see ourselves, that's where, when, when man sees himself, that's where he'll be. You see, we have a corporate, we have family. A corporate love we share. There's love for the saints. It, it's constant. Bible says, as we have the opportunity, he said, do good to all men. He said, except, especially so when you are, you are looking for people to help, they are giving you a, 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 not a criteria, an order. He said, as we have the opportunity, he said, let us do good to all men. He said, especially those of the household of faith. To be frank with you, without apologies, if there are four unbelievers, one Christian, I'm supposed to help somebody, the first thing I'm going for the Christian first. Forget yes, about it. Yes, There's no way. Oh, if I do, this one will be born again. Let me save the, let me uh, uh, stabilize the one who is born again first. <laughs> like that useless proverb. A bed in hand is worth two. <laughs> a bed in hand is worth two in a bush. I like the two in the bush. <laughs> anyway, that's just, my, that's just by the way. You see, why don't we think of our brothers? I like that song. And if our brother fall now, hey. You know, a lot of Christians, not all Christians, we are not like that. A lot of Christians, they are waiting for their brother to fall. They're waiting for the, so that they will show that, yes, yes, we said it. We said it. Somebody stepped on your leg. From that day, all your prayer is, Lord, let him feel. Then I'll tell him that. You remember three years ago when you stepped on my leg? This is what I, people don't joke with me like that. Too. They don't joke with me like that, you see. It has nothing to do with Jesus. It has nothing to do with God. You are looking for a way for you to be vindicated and validated by God. He's your brother. You know, one of the most painful things ever in this world is that when probably somebody offends you in church. Huh? Someone offends you in church and you are thinking, see, this guy, God will judge him. God, God will judge him. You let's wait and see. In two years, he's just moving upward and forward and both upward. <laughs> I remember one time I wanted to preach somewhere. One time I wanted to preach somewhere. Boy, this guy, I saw, I saw in the spirit. I said, young man, God is going to bless you. But I saw in the spirit. I began to prophesy to the guy. 
The guy started crying. <laughs> when we closed, everybody was so happy. Some came to greet me. There was this lady came with a long face. I said, why? Her question was, why is God like that? I said, why? He said, this guy. I was living with him. All my salary I gave to him. I was literally taking care of him. Then one day he came and said, he cannot be with me again. Oh. <laughs> and then he asked somebody else. And then somebody else is also in the church. And I have and go see this happening. And still bless him. <laughs> that young man had been wanting to travel outside the country for three years. After I gave him that word, three months later he traveled. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Number one, you said you were living with him. Were you supposed to live with him? <laughs> you have been involved in atrocities. <laughs> Illegalities. <laughs> you finish, you said that God will punish God will not punish you. He's also a child of God. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. Look at somebody say, You are my brother. The other person say, You are my sister. You are not saying it. You're my brother. You're my sister. That's why I like our anthem. Believers love world is the place where we share God's love. Star, you're my brother. So when there's a brother here, you say brother, sister. If it's two brothers, you're my brother. You're my brother. <laughs> you're my brother. You're my sister. So when when we see someone like the Bible says in the book of Galatians, it says when you see your brother or who are taken in a fault, you who is spiritual, it didn't say condemn him. He said restore him. We're mm. just waiting to hear news about somebody. You see, there are some people like that. They're waiting to hear news about somebody. If they've not heard news. It cannot be. There must be news. There must be news. And they're always looking for, you know, what will make their news. Because if you say someone, so if you talk about someone who is irrelevant, your news is not spicy. But when you say, ah, the choir, the choir leaders. Those boys doing ushering, ushering, ushering. The least said, they're better. And you know that gossips are evolving day by day. Because when I attack them in church, they find a new way. There's a new style now. They, they, it's like they drop the trailer. Ah. <laughs> you, you will now be looking for the movie. <laughs> they drop the trailer. You will now be looking for the movie. Example of trailer. And they'll tell you when they'll premiere it. <laughs> Example of trailer. Listen, in life, watch yourself. Mm. Not all leaders are leaders. <laughs> then, listen, they'll say, I don't want to say anything, no. So they'll say, I am gossiping, no. Then you know, you say, Oh, tell me, I can take it. I can handle it. I can handle it. I can handle it. Are you sure you can handle it? Since the day that news was told for three months now, when you come to church, you, you are not free. 
<laughs> so you couldn't handle it. <laughs> there are some things you finish here and you have to go and cast out devils from yourself. You go to the back of the house. Out of me. <laughs> Alright. So the first one is our corporate love. Alright. We have a corporate love. The next one is our corporate fellowship. That's our fellowship to which when we come together. There's something about our coming together that pleases God. Remember the book of Acts? Go, go to uh, verse 1. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. Now, this is important information to help you to understand the precursors to the, that move of the, of the Spirit. How did the Holy Spirit just invade the place? There were precursors. There were things that happened before the Holy Spirit invaded the place. So it, it starts giving you the formation that's responsible for that. So it says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, first of all, the day of Pentecost had to be fully come. The second one is they were all with one accord. Guess what? Why didn't Jesus say, all of you go to the house? When the Holy Spirit comes, we come up with everybody in the house. Because some things, some spiritual things cannot happen until we are together. So Jesus said they should gather. Some things cannot happen until we are together. Your personal praying is good. It's a, it's a, it's a part of Christianity. Very important. But there are some things we have to do together as a church. So our fellowship, one with another, this is not even talking about, you know, praying or fasting, just coming together. He said they were all with one accord in one place. Psalm 133. From verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You see, there's this unity when we come together. That corporate fellowship, when we come together in unity and we are thinking the same thing and we are saying the same thing, that's why we are dangerous, ladies and gentlemen. We are, we are dangerous. We are dangerous. When we come together, when a cell comes together, it's dangerous. When they're all united, they're all saying the same thing. They're all thinking the same thing. Now, I mean, some of you cell leaders can attest to what we are saying. You, you, the, the cell leader came to the cell and said, you know, next three months we're going to do this. We're going to finish this thing. Then at that point in time, nobody had the money. Nobody had, the, you know, nobody had anything physical to say, I can actually do this. But when they came together, once that unity was there, there it's, it's as though when we gather like that, God has some interest there. You see, God has some interest there. It's so beautiful when Christians come together. How good and how pleasant it is, okay? What happens for brethren to dwell together in unity? One is good, two is pleasant. Number th- uh, 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 Verse 2. It is like the precious ointment. He said it's like, uh, it's like precious ointment or oil or perfume. He said it's like a precious ointment upon the head, that around them upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirt of his garment. He's explaining what, what coming together looks like. It's like the precious ointment that ran down Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirt of his garment, the edges of his garment. He said it just ran down. Uh-huh. Verse 3, he says, as the dew of Hermon, Kai, as the dew that descended from the mountains of Zion, for there, for that place where we are gathered together in unity, he said, for there, the Lord commanded the blessing. So sometimes when we gather together, we are not even praying, we are not saying anything, all right? We are not even saying we want to do anything. Then all of a sudden, a prophetic word can come out. If you don't have friends like that, ladies and gentlemen, you need to get good friends. Sometimes you can just be talking with your friends. Nothing is happening. You are not praying. You are not fasting. You are not sharing the word of God. As you were there, someone said, the Lord is speaking to me. Why? Because when we gather, God gathers with us. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name. He didn't say, I will come there. He said, the moment they decided to gather, they don't have to pray. They don't have to do anything. When two or three gathered, he said, I am there. He didn't say, I will be there. Come on. This is, this, is, this is spiritual science. Once it is two or three, I am there. I don't need to be called. We are each other's advantage. Yes. Come on. Whew. For there God commanded a blessing. Let's go to the book of Malachi. Chapter 3. From verse 15. He says, behold, I will send my, uh, and now we call, 
the proud happy, yea, they that work wickedness are set up, yea, that attempt God are even delivered. Verse 16, he says, then they that fear the Lord, you see, that's another gathering. They that fear the Lord speak often one to another. He says, they that fear the Lord, like people who love God, like all of us here, right? Okay, they spoke often one to another. They that fear the Lord were just talking to themselves. He says, and the Lord hacking and heard it. This is no prayer. They were talking to themselves. But God was in there. God was doing something. And the book of remembrance was written before him for them that fear the Lord. So in our conversations, the Lord appears. And there are minutes being written. Give it to me in the message translation. Verse 16. Message translation. Then those whose lives honored God got together and talked it over. God saw what they were doing and listened in. A book was opened in God's presence and minutes were taking of the meeting. Some of you are really disappointed the angels. When they saw the two or three gathered, they said, oh, something is going to go on here. The angels gathered and said, have you heard what happened to the pastor? Over? And the angel said, is that what we are doing here? You see, our gatherings invoke God. You see, our gatherings invoke God. When those three guys said they were not going to bow, once they entered the fire, God said, I'm there. God said, I'm there. God said, oh, no, I'm there. And the fourth one was like on the Son of Man. So where two or three are gathered, and then they are missed. Our fellowship, you see, our corporate meetings, our corporate meetings. There is something that your personal prayer will do for you. There is something that the church prayer will do for you. The third one. Our corporate revelations. Ephesians chapter 3. Listen now. There are some things that you never know. <laughs> okay, have you ever heard people say, oh, corporate revelation. There are some things you will never know. Have you ever heard people say, oh, I don't have to go to church. I can read the Bible on my own. You are lying. There are some things you will never know on your own. We need to be together for you to understand it. What I'm saying is in the Bible, I'll show it to you in a bit. There are some things you will never understand them on your own. Now, those people saying that they can read their Bible on their own, did not read their textbook to write this on their own. They went to school, sat down. It's true. Oh, so I'm now, I think I now understand the waving of the flag. When I say something, that's true. Wow, then you'll be waving for a very long time today. When they came to school, they carried their textbook and went to school to be taught. For the Bible, they said they can read it at home. There are some things you will never understand until we are together. Ephesians 3. I'll start from verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. All right, go ahead. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17. He says, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. All right, go ahead may be able to comprehend with all saints. Some things cannot be comprehended except you are with all saints. You see, there are some understandings that come when we gather. You can ask anyone who preaches. There are some things you don't know. It's when you started preaching that even you, you were explaining the thing you did not know before. You were able to explain it. You understand? Now, when Jesus said, when, when Jesus said, when two or three are gathered, he said, I'm there in their midst. Did he say, I'll be there just to sit down? No. The last time he joined some people's discussion in Luke chapter 24, when he joined their discussion, he was contributing. So, when we sit together and we begin to talk, let, let me give you an assignment. You can go and try it. Call a Christian. Start discussing a topic. Tell the person, let's start discussing about Daniel. You people will start knowing things that you will all be shocked Revelations will start coming out. Why? Because when we gather, he comes in there and he contributes. 
How does he contribute? You not hear it from his mouth. You see that your voices are contributing it. You are contributing. You are saying something you did not know before. Then all of you are like, whoa, this is what is in the Bible. There are some things you can know on your own. There are some things you only know when you are with saints. There are corporate revelations. There are corporate knowledge of God. So coming to church is important. Going for your cell meeting is important. Why? Because some things will be said there that you never understand. Let me tell you, some people's lives change, all right? Not in church. Their lives change in cell meetings. Some prophecy, some of the prophecies about my life did not come in church. Most of them came in certain meetings. Meeting of three, meeting of four, meeting of five, meeting of six. As we were just sitting down together, we, you know, we just finished the meeting. By the time we finished the meeting, the leader of the meeting said, I, I can sense the anointing. I can feel the power of God. You know, the grace of God is here. The, the grace of God, I can feel the power of God. I can sense the power of God. All of a sudden, and he said, God said, I should give you a word. But this meeting was just a cell meeting. So we don't know the things we miss when we don't go for meetings. Because some things happen in meetings that will never happen, you know, when you're on your own. So, like Jesus said, this you ought to have done and not leave the other undone. You see, should you have private moments with God? Very important. But should we gather together? Yes! Why? God said so. Because there are some things that happen. One of them is our corporate revelations. There are some things we will know because we are together. There are some things we will understand because we are together. Oh, you read that scripture in church, you did not understand it at all. You read that scripture in the house, you did not understand it at all. You came to church and Pastor Emilio started explaining it. Oh, this one, oh, 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 oh. Of course, there are some other people on an extreme. You will not read their Bible. It's when they come to church, anything that they tell them, that's what they think. <laughs> they are on one extreme of it. And there are some people too, on another extreme of it. Oh, I don't need to go to church. I'll read my Bible in my house. And all you have left is English language. Oh. Praise God. So what are we supposed to do? We have to have our private meetings with God. Then we also do what? We also come to church. Number four. So the fourth one is our corporate revelations. The third one is our corporate revelations. The third one is our, our corporate prayer. See, the church is so powerful. When you read Acts chapter 4, the, the children of God were being, uh, the disciples, the apostles were being persecuted. All right? They have been persecuted for Acts chapter 3, where they raised a man at the gate called Beautiful. In Acts chapter 4, something happened. They were being persecuted. Then the Bible says they gathered together to pray. Oh. When they gathered to pray, the Bible says that the place shook. Why didn't they pray alone? Now, when you're studying the scriptures, study these things. There were times they prayed alone, like at the hour of prayer. There are times they gathered to pray. There are some issues that require that we gather to pray. Sometimes God calls for certain prayer meetings. God, he knows that things, the thing about to happen, we need more than one person's prayer. Not because that one person's prayer is not potent. It's because that of the nature of the case. Not just Acts chapter 4. Remember in the, in the matter of Peter. The Bible says, and the prayer was made of the church. <laughs> but prayer was made of the church. There are some, there are some issues if people must come together. When we were in court last year. That's not one person's prayer. Government is looking for you. One person's prayer. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> looking for, you know what person's prayer? We gather together. Because, you know, our, when we gather together like that, we are very dangerous. Sometimes we're going to have a program, we're going to have a big meeting, and we're expecting some big results. Then the church gathers to pray. There are some things that happen when we pray together. That will never happen when we pray alone. The church is a powerful force. When we gather to pray, something happens. And I said, I'll share this guy's testimony. Big testimony. He was completely bedridden, almost gone. In fact, to say almost gone is, is, he was literally gone. To the extent that when he came back to his consciousness, he couldn't remember anything that had happened. Right? This matter is just about two weeks ago. I was in, I was in, I was in Nigeria when it happened. I was in Nigeria when it happened. The guy was literally dead. Now, guess what? The, the thing that put him on that hospital bed, that was, he was, almost gone. That same thing killed his dad. That same thing killed his elder sister. As for the elder sister, I was aware of it. Why? Because before the elder sister passed, that's when he came to church. So by the time he came to tell me about it, she had passed. And I knew he was next. Because it's something that was coming in. It's a demonic force. I was running through the family. The dad was gone. 
sister was gone and he was next in line. At a point, the doctor said, take him away, there's nothing we can do. Do you see that? Then his fellowship began to pray. You keep saying cells are not important. His fellowship began to pray. Some were praying all night, some were praying all day. Then at LFMA, Lizzie's texting me, saying, he's almost gone. I said, are they praying? He said, they are praying. One time I was entering my hotel room, before God told me, he said, if the, he told me, he said, if you don't wake up, this guy will go. When I entered the hotel, I just closed my door. I sat down. I said, we have to get people to pray. Then I called his group leader. There's a reason God put this structure in place. You just don't know the day. I called his group leader, Frank. I said, Frank, now, this is fellowship leader. That's his group leader. So the cells and the members of the, of the, of the uh, fellowship were praying for him. Now I said, we need reinforcement. I went to the group leader. I said, get all your cell leaders. All those who are skilled in spiritual warfare. I said, get all of them. He said, everybody should, should wake up now. There has to be formation now. <laughs> everybody has to speak in now. Now, at this point in time, if their tongues were, shabala, shabala, we need those with the, I am asking. <laughs> ah, we, need, we need those who hold their ear at this point. <laughs> Ah, then prayer was going on, and prayer was going on, and the doctor said, we can't do anything, take him away. There's nothing we can do. Why? First of all, they couldn't find what was wrong with him. He said, we can't help him, you have to take him away. Condemn him to death. Come, here he is today, come. hear about they praying for you you heard about it what came to your heart when you heard them praying for you you got so you were very happy yes. that they were praying for you you can't even remember anything that happened okay so the story i just said is true okay very very true the sister left last year yes the father left in 2020 the sister went so they were wanting to take him 22. But prayer was made. They were praying night and day. Yes. They were praying night and day. Then, one of the days, because all I needed was God to tell me something. One of the days, God told me, He should take communion every day. I just texted. I was with you. And I told you, I said, This is the, they should give him the thing. Somebody say, The thing. The thing. Some of you, when pastor is having communion service, you have gone home. Go home. Go home. Somebody say that thing.
grace you lavished on them and they are your greatness they see. 